0: Romans chapter 1, and I'm just going to read one verse, verse number 16 from Romans chapter 1, and talk to you for a few minutes about what I feel the Lord has laid upon my heart. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the jew first and also to the greek for i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ lord help us tonight to speak what you have laid up on our heart to this congregation let the word of god settle deep within our spirit tonight god that you may perform the intent of your work in your word and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We live in a society that is much different than the world that I grew up in. This society is an in-your-face society. So much so that, to be honest, I often feel out of place in this world. It's it's not good enough in today's society to do what you want to do and be what you want to be. I I used to hear uh, Brother Price occasionally, he would say, Well, if they're going to do that, why don't they just go on and do that and leave everybody else alone? But that's the age that we live. Not only do they want to do it, but they want you to celebrate their sin. There is an unwarranted need to prove the defiance of sin and push it in the face of morality. My greatest concern for America is the moral and ethical decline, the de-Christianization of the world as we know it, that is leading to a very steep decline, not only in those who claim to be Christian, but in morality itself. The attitude of the world is so that they, they not only have agendas, but they want to push their agenda upon us and upon you. And they want to flaunt. I love technology. <laughs> they want to flaunt their agenda. They want to promote and push their agenda. And to the point that it makes the world an uncomfortable place for those who choose to live a moral, clean, and righteous life. It makes me understand the, the song that we used to sing growing up, this world is not my home. I am just passing through. The attitude of the world says, if you don't like what we are doing, then tough. But not only do they just say tough, deal with it, but they say if you think it's wrong, then Keep that to yourself. Let us speak our mind, but you should remain silent. I speak often of certain statements that are made on social media, and one such statement was made some time ago that was flaunting and in your face victory, as they called it, and I simply made a simple mistake in their mind of speaking very kindly that there were people of different opinions. When very swiftly I received a private message and the private message said, you are supposed to be a man of God and quoted a scripture that we were to live quietly In order to bring peace to the world. They have the liberty to speak what they want to speak. But don't let a man of God speak what thus saith the word of God. Don't let a child of God speak their agenda. And from this attitude, it didn't start last week. This has been a long, hard push. It has been years of push to get to where we are today until the church has become silent in the world in which that we live. I'm not a proponent of this in-your-face attitude. I I don't like the in-your-face attitude. It doesn't fit my personality very well. One, I do not like confrontation. But when I am called to confrontation, I am willing to step up in confrontation. It's not my personality. I'm not a proponent of it. But I do believe that we as the church must refuse to be intimidated and forced into silence. There are times when our silence is taken as weakness, when it may well be intended as peacefulness. But there are some agendas that can only understand direct confrontation. And the church better prepare itself for more aggressive attacks than we have ever seen heretofore. The silence of the church must change and we must rise up as a people. And we must rise up with a voice and not sit idly by and take life as it comes with our proverbial head stuck in the sand. But it is time for the church of the living God to rise up and boldly declare... Do what you want to do, but I refuse to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. When the apostle Peter encountered the lame man at the gate beautiful, he was not ashamed to minister to him with power. And demonstration of the Holy Ghost. I want you to say those words with me. Power Power. and demonstration. The last time I checked, I believe the church is supposed to be a church filled with power. And the last time I checked, I believe we're supposed to be a people with demonstration. The apostolic church must revive itself in power and in demonstration. We must not allow the peer pressure of a crowd to cause us to become silent in our worship, silent in our prayer, silent in our demonstration. You don't have to be foolish. You don't have to be goofy. You don't have to hang up your brains when you walk in the door. But we need to walk in the door filled with a passion and a heart to worship God, to praise God, to lift up our voice. I'm hungry for a genuine apostolic revival a power and demonstration of the Spirit. When Peter was met with the need of the hour, asking for nothing more than alms, Peter looked at him and said, we don't have any silver or any gold. Such as you ask for. But what I do have, I will give unto you. The apostle Peter was not ashamed of speaking faith and speaking the gospel. Peter and John were arrested for preaching the gospel and teaching the people about Jesus and the resurrection of the dead. These men were thrown into jail. And while they were in jail, without a doubt, there was moments that question must have filled their mind. I ask you a very serious question tonight as we approach these end times. Are you sold out enough for the cause of Christ that you would endure the persecution of the early church? Or is your relationship with God and this truth so shallow that put to the test that we would cave in to anything in order to preserve our own well-being. It was men like Peter and John who were arrested for preaching Jesus in the early church and they were thrown into jail. But if you read on through that text, you will see that about 5,000 men were saved because of their preaching. Let me tell you tonight that the, the world and the government and the immorality of the world cannot push the church into extinction. But the more that the church is dealt with obstacles, the more the church is going to rise in this last hour. People have asked me where I stand in the political world and I have not made any statements and I've remained silent. And I will remain silent because I, in all honesty, would like to just say let's, uh, let's do it, have a do-over. That's where I really stand. That's my heart. It may not be feasible, but that's my heart. And so that's where I stand. But I will tell you this much. This election that we are facing is teaching me one thing, and I want to speak it to this church tonight. And that is that if you put your trust in government, in a president, or in politics, or in Washington, You are going to find yourself very lonely and still longing for an answer. But in these last hours, I believe that the Bible says that God puts men up and takes kings down. And people say, well, it's not a king. It was written in Bible time. I believe that end time prophecy is all related to what is coming together and what is going to happen. What's going to happen, Brother Jordan? I have no earthly idea. I'm not here to prophesy that to you tonight. But I am here to tell you that the apostolic church must rise in these last days to understanding that this world is not our home. This kingdom that we are about is not a kingdom of this world. It is a kingdom of heaven Take this whole world. Give me Jesus. The answer is not in politics. The answer is in Jesus Christ alone. I'm not suggesting you don't go to the polls. I'm not suggesting you don't vote. You ought to be active. The church has been silent long enough. We need to do our best. And we need to be at our best. But I'm going to tell you that while the world seems to think that they can push the church into extinction, they put Peter and John in jail, but they had no idea what was going to happen in the end because when you take some boys that know about Jesus and throw them in jail, they're liable to have a prayer meeting at midnight and chains are liable to fall off and people are liable to get saved in the jail and revival's liable to spring out when they come out of it. I'm telling you, don't count the church out when the church is down. Don't count a child of God out because they're down. We're going to rise up in these last hours and we are going to see revival and when I our world. Oh, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. The next day after they were arrested, Peter and John were brought to the Sanhedrin to be questioned and reprimanded. There in the presence of Peter, he had to answer the question. How did you heal this man, they asked. The Bible said that Peter, this may be a key, being filled with the Holy Ghost, began to preach to them. You know what I think in these last hours? There needs to be some apostolic people that get so full of the Holy Ghost that every time you're put in a situation, you're going to have to testify about what God has done. Acts 4 and 10 says it like this. Peter, being full of the Holy Ghost, began to preach to them. He said, Be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Verse 11 says, This is the stone which was set it not of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither, he said in verse 12, is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven. Given among men whereby we must be saved. I got to tell somebody tonight that that message is still the message that will change this world. I dare you next time somebody says what's going on, just break out Acts chapter 4 on them and start telling them there's no other way to be saved. You got to repent. You got to be baptized in Jesus' name. You must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's no other way. And look what happens next. When the men saw the boldness of Peter, they knew that he had been with Jesus. I could make about four laps right now on bad knees. (laughs) When they knew, when they saw the boldness of Peter, they knew that he had been with Jesus. I got to tell you, when you get with Jesus, it's going to make you different. People around you are going to look at you and say, Whoa, there's something going on. I think somebody has been with Jesus. You know, we had a little cute thing happen this week. I thought it was rather cute. It was my boy, so it was cute. Spencer and Dylan and Dan. Enough said. It's bad when Grandpa gets the boys into trouble instead of the boys getting Grandpa into trouble. Spencer... Likes this little lady named Caitlin. The night before, I think Caitlin had gone and she had gone with her family to a political rally. And so Spencer had to one up her. So he talks his papa into taking him to a political rally. And when they walked in, somebody walked up to them and said, come with us. Now here is, here, this is strange now. This doesn't happen if I'm there. <laughs> My dad and I walked into a funeral one time of another faith and we walked in the back door. When we walked in the back door, they met us there and they said, you guys stand right over there. And we stood in the back the whole time. They didn't want us getting near anybody. We were afraid we were going to break out snakes. <laughs> they didn't know us. <laughs> so they walked in. They saw those good-looking boys in suits and ties, and they said, Come on here. We would like for you to stand directly behind the speaker. Now, you guys know most of the story. My phone started blowing up. I am working at a truckload sale. I had 117 text messages. No exaggeration. 117 text messages came through while I was working at a truckload sale. I didn't even know what it was about. I just... Clicked my phone and put it in my pocket and went on working. And the whole time, bzz, 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 bzz. I had preachers as far away from California say, Is that your boy? There's a minister's forum that I am on. I get on the minister's forum and I was tagged on the minister's forum so many times. I looked at it, it took me about an hour to go through and, un- and click on all the tags and say thanks, 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 thanks. It's like having a birthday on Facebook. So they get positioned on the platform. Right behind the podium. So much so that it looked like they were part of the political team. Spencer liked it so much, the next night he found another candidate. He wasn't there to support the candidate. He was there because he wanted to be famous. Today. Today, now I I kid you not, today we get a phone call from the other party line calling for Spencer Jordan, wanting to know if he was feeling the burn. It would make Joe and Hannah feel happy tonight. I wish they were here. Somebody's got to text him and tell him I'm talking about him. I don't know what he's done on social media to get all this favor and fame. But there was something interesting that happened. And out of all this, while we all got a lot of laughs and, and felt proud, that just by the mere presence Of them walking in that somebody looked at them and said, that looks like a fine crew right there. Let's put them on the stage. We would like for them to represent us. That needs to happen more often. Can I take a little moment and say that's why you ought to dress your best, look your best, and act your best because you don't ever know when you are representing. (laughs) But I heard my father-in-law make a statement and it came back to me that while they were there, and I'm not sure how this all came about, but somewhere in the process, they were given a distinct privilege of being able to lay hands on Ted Cruz, who is a nomination, nominated as, uh, he's running for the nomination for President of the United States. That's a pretty big deal. Somebody said, well, they were praying for him because he's worried that he's going to lose and he may. It's still a pretty big deal. You or I probably hadn't gotten to that level yet. And so it was a pretty high honor that they were given the opportunity. And some of you may have seen the the photos that were taken as they were laying hands on them. But it wasn't the photos that impressed me or the photo ops or the fact that even today, the chosen Spencer texts today and he says, it's happened again. while while the Democratic Party is calling, looking for Spencer because they need to get him out to take some photo ops perhaps. (laughs) He is meeting the running mate and gets his picture taken. In the middle of all this, the most impressive thing, while I found a lot of humor in most of this, the most impressive thing about all of this was that they had an opportunity to pray. And so two or three people made some snide comments and remarks about it, and I just was being very kind, and I just said the issue is is they're 17 and don't even have the ability to vote. They're too young to vote, but they're not too young to pray. They, They may have more of an impact than a lot of others because the need to pray may be greater than our need to vote, and our need to vote may be very great. But they prayed, and here is the part that wowed me as a father and honored me as a pastor. My father in law said, You should have seen them when they laid hands on him and began to pray. They didn't lay hands on him and quietly say, Our father. Please have your heavenly hands upon him. May peace be about him and his family. Instead, he said, ma'am, they prayed like they were praying at Sunday night church. When they saw the boldness of Peter, they said, "This, this man has been with Jesus I got a feeling Ted Cruz may have been in for a treat and looked around and said, I don't know who these boys are, but there's one thing I know. I met a lot of preachers and a lot of pastors, but these boys have been with Jesus. Thank God that we have some young men that are rising up and young ladies that are rising up in this last day and saying whatever it takes, let's be bold in our faith. Let's speak out. The rest of the world is speaking out with their agendas. Let us speak boldly our faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What kind of influence could we have if we started being bold in our faith? Well, you know, I go down there to that church, you know, back over there. Somebody came to my brother when he was a senior in high school and asked him why that he didn't do certain things. And I'll never forget the statement that he made. It was a coach that came to him and said, why is it that you can't do certain things that other people are doing? There's other people that attend your church and this is what they do. That makes it very difficult on people that are trying to live holy and righteous, by the way. Can I pastor just for a little bit? Hmm. I hit a rock, Brother Duggar. I was plowing, and I hit a rock. We'll get the big tractor out. We're going to keep plowing. We ought to live holy and righteously, righteous in this present world. When my brother was asked and he was given an option, my dad was expecting him to write his paper explaining himself and say, it's because my church says, it is because my pastor says, it is because this is what my parents believe. But instead, the letter went something like this. Dear Coach, I write you not based on anyone else's actions or feelings. But I have studied the scripture and I find that it is right for me to live holy and godly and separate from the world. Thus I have chosen as a conviction in my life to not do what others may do He didn't blame it on his mama. He didn't blame it on his church. He didn't blame it on his pastor. But he got a conviction in his own spirit. Can I preach to some young people today that are rising up and getting bold in their faith and beginning to say, I don't care what anybody else does. I believe Jesus is the only way. You can believe what you want to believe. But I'll have a prayer group in school. I'll testify to my friends. I'm not ashamed of being apostolic. I'm not ashamed of baptizing in Jesus' name. Paul said, for I'm not ashamed. The council tried to figure out how they could punish these men without causing the multitudes of people to rise up against them. Somebody had a bright idea of threatening them with their lives so that from this day forward they will not speak out to anybody about the name of Jesus. You know the devil hates it when you speak the name of Jesus. Don't you kid yourself. When you speak the name of Jesus, demons tremble. People don't want it. Listen to Peter's reply in Acts 4.19. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God judge ye. For we cannot speak the things which we have seen. We cannot but speak, he said. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen And heard. I'm going to get right down where the rubber meets the road. Not everybody that I have shared the stories of the miracles that God has done in this church, not everybody celebrated with me. I have had some people avoid me when I begin to tell them about the miracles. I'm talking about church people now. Let me shock you. I'm talking about some preachers. I've shared the story about God raising Sister Robin up and not everybody wants to believe it. Somebody somebody'll ask, somebody'll ask little detail questions and they're not real sure that it really happened. All I can tell you is I can only speak the things but which I have seen and heard. This much I know. God is in the healing business, in the miracle working business, in the life-giving business. We have 20 people get the Holy Ghost on a Sunday morning and we're celebrating and somebody says, now, how many of those were children? Like it matters like it matters. I cannot but speak the things which Jesus has done and which others have told me that he has done. Come on in this last day. We've got to get bold in our faith. I don't care if you like it or don't like it. When he performs a miracle, I'm going to celebrate it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to praise him for it. I'm going to let the world know about it. Come on, we need to learn to pray until hell trembles. I believe that it is time for the prince of the power of the air to feel the effects of Christian Life Church. Our Sunday night doesn't need to die down and be laid back, but we need to come up in revival and declare hell's going to know we're having church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival service. Satan will do everything he can to hinder the church. But I'm persuaded that Jesus meant what he said when he said, The gates of hell uh, shall not prevail against the church. He's going to attack, he's going to sidetrack, he's going to wear out the church, he's going to try to wear out the leadership. He's gonna to try to sidetrack the pastor. He's gonna to try to get my vision blurred. He's gonna to try to get your vision blurred. He's gonna do whatever he can to prevent revival. I tell the devil tonight, by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are a liar. You are destined to the pit of hell, and the church is destined to glory. Get behind me, Satan. We're gonna have revival. We're gonna have revival. We're gonna have revival. I refuse to apologize about being a Jesus name, one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled believer. This is the only way to reach the world in these last days. They're not looking for passive religion. I may be preaching to the younger generation, but I, I, I got to tell you tonight, to don't let intimidation of people around you push on you and shove on you and make you think you got to be shy about being a Christian, shy about believing and speaking in other tongues. You ought to tell them, why don't you come and try it? You taste and see that the Lord is good. Let them get a little dose of what we have and it might change their mind. I still believe we must be born again of the water and of the Spirit if we're going to see the kingdom of heaven. That's what the Bible says. I'm not ashamed of tongues in the church. They're a sign for the unbeliever. The Bible said they're the initial evidence of the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and they are for. The, the the lifting up, they are for the, 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 the strengthening of the body of the church. Don't be shy to speak in other tongues and afraid somebody's going to hear you. If you can holler hallelujah with everything you have within you, you ought to be able to boldly speak in another language when the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. I don't need somebody to teach me how. I don't want somebody to put me through a class. I I want the Spirit of God to give the utterance. But when the Spirit of God moves on me, I want to be like David. I'll dance unto the Lord. I'll run through a troop and leap over the wall when the Spirit of God moves upon me. Let me wrap this up tonight. I believe we've got to get a hold of an apostolic attitude in these last days. If you are struggling with peer pressure, adult or young person alike, if you are struggling with peer pressure, if you bring a friend to church and you are worried about that friend watching you worship, hearing you pray, Or knowing that you speak in other tongues, there is a problem. Because your peers don't know where you really stand. If you're struggling with peer pressure, it's because your friends don't know where you stand. There's things that happen in this church that you don't even know that's going on behind the scenes, and I don't announce it to the world. But God gave me a vision sitting on this platform a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago. It stirred me deeply. I walked off of this platform into my office. I got on the phone. I called up a couple of backslidden young men. I said, i got to talk to you. They came walking in. I looked them in the face. I told them exactly what God spoke to me. And you know what? They didn't look at me and laugh. They didn't make fun and smirk, but they got real serious looks on their face. They tried to joke it off at first, and then before they walked out, one of them looked at me and he said, I've always respected you more than you ever know. I don't know what I got to do, but I want you to pray for me because I don't want this to be me that you had the vision of tonight. Aren't you worried? Not a bit. I believe if I picked up the phone that either of those young men would do anything that I asked them to do tonight. You know why? Because I've lived righteous and upright before them. Never done them wrong. Never ran them down. Never talked about them behind their back. Because I still got faith to believe that before the trumpet sounds that they're both going to be back serving God. Along with a lot of others that are going to be back serving God. But I refuse for God to speak to me and me just keep it to myself. Just be silent about it. They're going to know one thing. You need you need God in your life. You need to straighten up. You need to serve God. This is what could happen to you. Uh, I'll just close this and we'll go on to Pizza Hut. We must not be ashamed. We cannot be ashamed. I refuse to allow anyone in the church or out of the church to dictate to me what is acceptable in my worship and in my praise. I will be apostolic no matter what because I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to give him my best because he's worthy of my best. And if my best in particular service means that I end up acting in some way that may cause somebody to snicker at me, so be it. David's wife made fun of him and he danced all the more. I got to tell you tonight, I don't really care what the world thinks. Well, Pastor, you're preaching like you're getting old. I am. And the older I get, the less I care about what somebody thinks about me. I've got a job to do. i got a world to save. i got a family to see make heaven. i got a I got a message to preach. We've got to make it. We've got to make it. Be bold in your faith. Just because I disagree with you doesn't mean I don't like you. And that goes for any perversion in the world. And if you're going to push it in my face, I'm going to tell you what I think in your face. Kindly and godly, but I will not be silent. I got to wrap this thing up. Personal, apostolic breakthrough. We have gotten apostolic breakthrough caught up with a certain tone in a church service. When the organ gets just right and the music's just right and there's a certain number of people involved. But when a personal apostolic breakthrough happens, because there's something you might want to know, the miracle that I talked to you about tonight with Peter and John didn't happen in front of a multitude. It happened with three people present. And your apostolic breakthrough may happen when it's nobody but you alone somewhere getting in touch with God. But if about 150 people in this room tonight would get sold out to an apostolic breakthrough and in the next 10 days you would make up your mind I don't care what anybody else is going to do I'm going to go to God in prayer until I get a breakthrough. I got to wrap this up. Give me a minute to wrap this up please. Sister Cheryl, come give them some hope. Somebody asked me, man, that boy of yours, whoo, I'm hearing reports, 25 getting the Holy Ghost in California, 105 or 6 getting the Holy Ghost in Kenya. He's just a kid. What's the secret? Get out your pen. Because I'm going to give it to you. Because just about every night, about 9 o'clock, I've watched a pattern that he's made his way to an altar. And from about nine o'clock to about midnight, on most nights, you will find him seeking God for an apostolic breakthrough. What would happen if you and I would get so hungry for a personal breakthrough that we wouldn't care what time O Charlie's closes? Or what time Pizza Hut locks the door? But the thing we need most is an apostolic breakthrough. That'll make me bold enough to look the enemy in the face and let the enemy know, get behind me. And I would get bold enough in the face that every negative voice that raises itself in front of me, I can look them in the eye and say, because I differ with you does not mean I don't like you, but you are wrong and you need to get right with God. What would happen if we got hungry enough for a personal? Because when it happens personally, it will happen corporately. Mother's Day's next week. Everybody's gonna come in with their little formal attitude, and everybody's gonna be afraid because there's gonna be a lot of guests here. I dare you to walk in here next Sunday morning and say, "I didn't." For, I'm not forgetting what Pastor preached on Sunday night. We gotta have an apostolic breakthrough today. I gotta to have it. I may be the only one that gets something, comes to the front, and lifts my hands, begins to worship, but I'm going to do it. If I've told her one time, I've told her about 25 times, Sister Carol, don't ever stop getting up from where you are, walking up here to the front when nobody else is worshiping. Keep doing it. You know why? Because it catches on. Somebody else will do it. Somebody else will get inspired by it. We need a revival. Some of you used to worship more than you worship today. Some of you used to pray more than you pray today. Some of you used to be more about having great church than you are today. What's missing, Pastor? It's not good music. It's not good preaching. It is that we need an apostolic breakthrough in our spirits. Stand together. Have we become too educated? Have we become too Christianized? Too civilized? Too formal? For there to be an apostolic demonstration, and we really don't care who who sees and who hears and who knows. The only thing that matters is that when they walk away with their sneer and with their smirk, there's one thing they're going to have to say. I can tell by their boldness they've been with Jesus. I can tell you a little bit. How long has it been since you've been alone with Jesus? Because people are going to know when you've been alone with Jesus. I open these altars tonight. I make a general appeal to you tonight. Why don't we just get alone with Jesus for a few minutes tonight? There's no telling what God's going to do before we leave this house. But what would happen tonight if we just get alone with Jesus? What would happen tonight if we would just get alone with Jesus? It's not about a corporate move, it's not about a corporate touch. This is about me and Jesus. I need an apostolic breakthrough in my spirit. Oh Lord, oh Lord,
1: oh Lord,
0: oh Lord, come on, make it personal, if you can't kneel, sit where you are. If you can come forward, if you can't find a place, stay where you are. If you can come forward and respond, but we need to we need to get a have a breakthrough in our spirit tonight. When we get a personal breakthrough tonight, get ready. This house is going to explode in a few moments. Because personal experiences bring corporate experiences. Heaven come down. Oh spirit break. Oh, Spirit, break out.
1: Break our walls
0: down. Oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Spirit, break out. Oh, Holy Spirit.
1: Heaven,
0: come down. Heaven, come down. Let your rain fall down. Spirit,
1: break out.
0: Holy Spirit, break out. Break our walls oh, down. Oh, break our walls down. Spirit, break out. Oh, 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 oh I need you tonight, Lord. Heaven come down. Oh. there be a hunger. Let there be a hunger. Heaven come down. Oh, heaven come down.
1: Spirit break out. Holy
0: Spirit break out. Break our walls down. Oh, break our walls down. Spirit break out. Holy Spirit Come on, that's it. Let's go deep in the spirit tonight. Let's go deep in the spirit tonight. Go deep in the spirit tonight. God, we need a breakthrough. We need a breakthrough. When there is a breakthrough, there will be a breaking out. The breakout can't happen until we break through. He's calling us into deep waters, He's calling us into a breakthrough tonight. Yes, Spirit Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Oh, yes, heaven come down. Spirit break out, Holy Spirit break out. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Ah, Spirit break us. yes, 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 yes.
1: our oh.
0: Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Spirit, break out, break our walls down. Break our walls down. Yeah, break our walls down. I what I feel like doing tonight. I want all of our young people and young adults, our young people and young adults, I want you to come forward here. Don't stop praying. I just want our young people and young adults to come forward. If you're here praying, continue to pray. Young adults, young people all come forward tonight. I want some of our elders that are strong in faith that may understand some of the obstacles and some of the hardships, some of the struggles that these young people that are living for God and doing the best they can some of the hardships that they're against in these days. I want you to come lay your hands on them and pray for them. I want some of our young marrieds and some of our young men and young women, some of our elders alike, you feel strong in faith tonight. I want you to come through this group tonight. Just mingle about them and lay hands on them and pray over them that God will empower them in these last days to be young people filled with courage and boldness. I believe that the greatest soul winners that this church has ever known are standing in front of me right now. But the only way they're going to be effective is that they're going to have to be bold in their faith. And they're going to have to be strong in what they know and strong in what they believe. Young people, I want you to lift your hands right now toward heaven. I'm going to begin to pray for you. I want our ministers and elders and leaders and anybody in the house tonight that feels like coming and helping us, I want you to find a young person to lay hands on. I want you to pray over them. Right now in the name that is above every name, in the name of Jesus, I pray against intimidation. I pray, God, that you give them courage and you give them faith and you give them strength and wisdom to speak what you have imparted into their lives. I pray, God, that you make them effective and more effective than what they have ever been. In the name of Jesus, let a passion and a heart for souls, let it rise up in them. In the name of Jesus, yeah